Hello, wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli, and this is today's tech briefing. Later in the program, I'll be speaking with Anand Madan Gopal, founder and CEO of Cardiac Design Labs, who's taking sophisticated heart and vitals monitoring to the masses. That's after these headlines. Zydus Cadilla is in advanced stages of trials for its COVID vaccine that can be given to children aged 12 and above, ANI reports, citing N.K. Arora, chairman of India's National Technical Advisory Group on Immunization. Arora said that the trials of the vaccine should be complete by August, according to ANI. Also, the Indian Council of Medical Research projects that the third wave of coronavirus infections in India is likely to come late, according to the ANI report. We have a window period of 6 to 8 months to immunize everybody in the country, Dr. Arora says, adding that in the coming days, the government's target is to administer 10 million vaccine doses every day. Binance Markets has been banned in Britain, where the Financial Conduct Authority issued a consumer warning banning the cryptocurrency exchange from undertaking any regulated activity in the country, Bloomberg reports. Binance has until Wednesday evening to confirm that it has removed all advertising and financial promotions according to the FCA's register. The exchange must also make clear on its website, social media channels and all other communications that it is no longer permitted to operate in the UK. Binance, which announced the acquisition of an FCA-regulated entity last June along with plans for the launch of Binance.UK, won't be able to resume UK operations without prior written consent. The move extends a regulatory crackdown on the cryptocurrency sector amid concerns about its potential involvement in money laundering and fraud, according to the Bloomberg report. Instant messaging service provider Telegram has introduced a series of features in its latest update, including group video calls, screen sharing, noise suppression in voice chats, animated backgrounds, a dedicated bot menu, and many other features. The group video call feature is the third major voice chat update from Telegram in the last six months, which can enhance the collaboration experience during group activities like online classes, business meetings, and family gatherings. It has also added new animated emojis and enabled the import of customized third-party stickers as well. BT Group and satellite constellation startup OneWeb have agreed to collaborate to connect the remotest parts of Britain to broadband, Bloomberg reports. The company signed a memorandum of understanding to accelerate digital communications for businesses and communities using OneWeb's connectivity services from low Earth orbit, they said in a statement on Sunday. The plan comes after UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson pledged extra subsidies to bring faster connection speeds to the whole of Britain as it emerges from the coronavirus crisis. Successive pandemic lockdowns have underlined the importance of faster broadband to the emerging digital economy. Velodyne LiDAR has announced the launch of its new India Design Centre in Bangalore, the San Jose company said in a press release. The centre furthers Velodyne's growth strategy to drive continuous innovation in LiDAR sensor and software solutions that transform lives by advancing safe mobility and smart communities in global markets. The India Design Centre will closely collaborate with Velodyne's San Jose, California-based engineering team in leading-edge research and development to build customer-focused solutions. The centre's Bangalore location positions Velodyne to tap into a rich talent ecosystem with expertise in developing automotive-grade products that scale to meet customer needs worldwide. It will enable Velodyne to closely cooperate with the many automotive development centres based in India. Amidst the turmoil of COVID, a quiet revolution is unfolding in India in the area of sophisticated medical diagnostics. 
not just in terms of technology but also affordable access to the masses. I spoke to Anand Madanagopal, founder and CEO of Cardiac Design Labs in Bangalore, one of the entrepreneurs at the vanguard of this revolution. Here's more from the conversation. Anand, uh, welcome to this podcast. Uh, thank you for making time for this. It's a pleasure, Hari. So, uh, for folks uh, who are not very familiar with uh, Cardiac Design Labs, uh, perhaps you could start with a bit about uh, how you started it, uh, what was the technology you were looking to build at that time? Okay. So, uh, we at Cardiac Design Labs uh, started off to bring uh, advanced cardiac diagnostics and uh, general monitoring to the masses. So, that is how the original vision was and it still stands beautifully after this many years. Being a deep health tech startup where we build hardware algorithms, clinical algorithms and the software connectivity, the whole chain. Because when you solve a problem in emerging markets like India, uh, it is not a, uh, it's not an easy one when you try to integrate a few things and say, I will bring a solution to market. It doesn't work. You will have to be really sleek, uh, low cost and absolutely as accurate as a pretty high-end device. So all put together, it's a long haul where you build all of it suited to an emerging market like India. And our belief those days was if we solve it here, it can actually take uh, global emerging markets and uh, advanced markets as well. As you know, today, even the advanced markets are being stressed when it comes to delivering healthcare, which is a thing that we saw those days itself, because some of the seniors I had met across the globe said, this will not be an India problem alone. This will be a global problem as well. The community health centers, even in the United States, are not as equipped as anywhere else. It's only the cities that have high-end hospitals and technology. So we built uh, uh, algorithms and software to enable advanced cardiac diagnostics, the whole, uh, uh, the ambulatory ECG test and so on, which we've taken to market. We have made some uh, great innovations in the last couple of years, which have also gone to market, which is very good. I shall um, speak to them, speak about them as we go on. Yeah. Uh, can you uh, talk about uh, what your main products and services are today? So we have Holter monitoring services and uh, event monitoring services which are happening on the ground, which are very well settled and are able to take uh, a tier two setting which can actually do those tests. So we have uh, B-Twice as a product that does uh, 12 lead and limb lead holders. We also have another interesting product, which is uh, which was uh, designed some time back, but we couldn't take it to market, but we're taking it to market now. We believe it's going to be a game changer in the market called the Padma Rhythms, which is a, a, a long-term event monitoring device, which is like a patch, very sleek, small, long-term, uh, help uh, physicians and uh, others diagnose rhythm problems in patients and be able to correct them and bring them to a good state in uh, life. So this will be launched shortly. We're going to make uh, some announcements on this. Um, our current, there's another product which is taken to news and uh, which has uh, significant potential as well, which is a mass market uh, um, requirement fulfiller is called the Padma Vitals. This is a multi-para 
um, monitoring device with ICU quality and capability, but with some deadly unique features that makes it very easy to use. So it has ECG, heart rate, respiration rate, SpO2, body temperature, and blood pressure, all in a wearable device, but at ICU quality. That is what we set as target when we said, we said we will make it wearable and easy for use at even rural settings without too much infrastructure. It should be a small device, but never to compromise the quality. So that uh, being set in place, we set on just before COVID actually, this idea was being seeded and we were working on some prototype and COVID hit. And I saw that this is actually an opportunity that we can convert, help sort out the product that the way it will help COVID and beyond. So this is a small device that is uh, wearable on the patient, two different forms. You can use cables or a simple belt, chest belt that goes across the chest. And it does all of the things I talked to you about, including blood pressure without the cuff. The cuff comes off the PPG SPO2 wave. And uh, traditionally, people have tried this, and there's something known as a pulse arrival time, which people use for calculating BP at the fingertip. But we use a very different technology. We use the pulse pressure to extrapolate into the heart pressure, blood pressure. And uh, we've done a, a machine learning model ourselves with a large set of data and uh, highly curated data that makes it really efficient. And uh, there was a hospital study done by Jayadeva Hospital under Dr. Jayaprakash. And it, uh, to everyone's surprise, this is very accurate, including all other parameters that I'm talking to you about. We have innovations all along the way. So including the, all the algorithms for the SPO2, all of it was built by cardiac design labs. And uh, this is taken to market now. We have deployed in uh, multiple hospitals. There are various governments showing great interest in this because this has some very unique features that makes it uh, great. Very simple, but it has massive impact. One, when you put it on a patient at any setting, if there is uh, uh, a trauma on the patient, you don't know how to address it because you're a small setting and you don't have the necessary skill sets, all you have to do is reach out to a connected hospital. They will be able to come remotely online to the patient immediately within seconds and be able to look at that patient's vitals and data in real time at their device, like you would do standing next to the patient in an ICU. And you can do this pretty quickly. All you need is a URL link and log in and you're on. So what this means is all small hospitals, taluk level hospitals, even going up to a PHC, we have installed in some PHCs. And we could see the smile on their faces when they had higher level monitoring capabilities right there and skill set from a district hospital to look at them. So you can actually not worry about not having intensivists and consultants at the regular places to decide what to do with the patient. So it helps triage a patient from a small hospital, ambulance, multiple places where experts can come online quickly and two, three people can collide together to decide what to do with the patient. That's the power of the technology, what we've built. So we have the platform, we have the connectivity and, and there are not images that are coming. They are actually full-fledged high-end uh, uh, data uh, consuming. So simple data gets transmitted in encrypted form and 
these things are constructed back on their devices. It could be phone, tabs, or PC. So this can enable infrastructure to the next level, particularly to the government. And also the same device fits very well into a hospital for ward monitoring, ideally suited today because traditionally outside the ICU or even in the ICU, all data monitoring on the patient with respect to vitals and putting up a risk for the patient, risk score for the patient is actually done manually, entering them into records and charts and mapping them. All of those have been digitized. So you put it on a patient, you will get complete trend chart seeing how the patient is doing. So the consultant need not worry looking at uh, fixed charts or data entered into Excel sheets. All of them are coming online and people actually can look at a patient for the last 24 hours, 48 hours, five days, take decisions. This is the second large use case. Third use case is this can go homes. The same device, we have the wearable option, which is a belt. Even an old person who doesn't have any knowledge on what is happening is just told how to put the belt on, things come on, including ECG. So you can imagine now somebody with comorbidities and complicated conditions wants to know if he or she serious has to go to a hospital. This can be decided very quickly. So these are the products, Hari, and uh, uh, rhythm, Padma Rhythms and Padma Vitals will have a massive impact now, and we are looking to scale these products into market now. And you, you talked about developing algorithms uh, and software. Uh, can you talk about uh, some of the, what, what can I say, some of, some of the uh, features or uh, uh, end uh, use uh, goals, targets that you focused on when you develop these algorithms? Okay, so one of the important aspects of developing these algorithms was reduce the need for high-end skilled people to actually interpret data. See, when you have data in some form and things have been produced, you still always are looking at highly skilled people to know what to do with the data. So the algorithms are built in such a way that when the mass data is produced, you are able to get the eyeball to the required position and portion correctly and alert them properly to look at that data so that they can make an informed decision. Once that is, this is done, what you're doing is your use of resources have become very efficient. So India now has a large population, skilled resources in some of these very specific areas are still a dearth compared to the kind of disease that is there in volumes. So this can be only bridged by when you write these algorithms in software, you are able to make meaningful sense of data and presentation of right data to the experts. That is one. Second is usability of the device. See, if the device is very high tech and requires precision use, then the wrong use produces wrong data or improper use produces data that is not sensible. So when we made the belt looking at Padma Vitals, for instance, as an example, we wanted to make sure you're able to use it simply and the messages are right across the screen that tell the healthcare worker the other end, what to instruct the simple patient to do. Because we know remote monitoring and remote diagnosis is going to be the way of the future. People are going to first get remote consultation before they go into a facility. This is going to be the norm and this is going to grow, which means the devices have to get more intelligent and simple to use. So these were the two guiding principles when we were developing the algorithms and the software. I would imagine uh, a lot of work is being done at your end uh, on the cloud now. What are some of the kind of things that you're already able to do 
on the cloud and uh, maybe you can also talk about some of the uh, features uh, that you are working towards uh, in the foreseeable future okay so we have what is known as a hybrid system it uses best of edge and the cloud we are not fully cloud centric because some of the solutions doesn't make sense to do fully cloud centric you're simply causing bandwidth so but there are areas you can't do without cloud and there it works perfectly well so for instance in when you talk about a hospital monitoring the nursing station at the local facility setup we use edge computing large amount of data processing and analysis happen at the edge level uh, or at the site and then uh, relevant data goes up to the cloud for remote consumption but when a consultant comes online and would like to look at a patient and would like to see things cloud makes a lot of sense to actually give a remote access to pick up data but the same setting let's say you're doing at home you're looking at individual patients a single device couple of devices there it makes only great sense to use the cloud so the entire data gets processed in the cloud and the devices are all collaborating and you're able to locate and when you operate uh, central stations from remotely you get uh, feedback from multiple locations and you're also able to do housekeeping and management of which are in what state so you're able to give efficient support and monitoring in that place so both happen and algorithms run at both places based on the need and we see as home is going to grow cloud is going to grow so at the same time there's a challenge you know always you have to keep costs low so you have to decide what is where and use that efficiently so using of cloud very efficiently to deliver service at low cost is what it really is going to drive the scale of this technology up so that is where we are all working on uh the second big thing is data privacy and encryption so we will building methods and things in such that uh, systems and uh, people's data are protected heavily and it's in control of whoever is supposed to be seeing them and what happens with them so that is a second big area of focus for us then third obviously the devices are going to miniaturize we also are working on that we know algorithms are going to get lot more powerful so uh, it's going to be a mix of all of these in a very uh, it's like an ecosystem that has to exist uh, in tight terms one another to produce the effective in the solution and uh, where does uh, this whole uh, uh, idea of uh, infusing artificial intelligence into all these technologies uh, fit in Okay, so one level of machine learning has already gone in, which I was telling you. We use it at multiple levels. Um, when we do analysis at ECG, when we do analysis at um, the SPO two and the BP learning, the BP learning is purely on a deep learning network, multiple layers, before it can extrapolate pulse pressure to blood pressure. I believe this is the world's first solution that's commercially available and that can claim what it does. while others have used slightly different techniques and i'm not sure of the results but this is pretty good there's a second big area that we're looking at uh, ai to play a very big role in is uh, predictive uh, disease mapping when it comes to uh, patients 
for instance there is a symptom and the and the patient has come to a doctor and the doctor puts on a, a holter or event monitoring device in hope of something that he's looking for but we can tell him actually looking at this ecg probably these are the problems you're likely to see on the patient this will be a pure ai output going to the physician say probability of following conditions on this patient looking at the ecg it hasn't yet arrived Uh, happen but these are predictive so the patient you know the doctor now has some symptoms from the patient and some things from the system he can actually put two together and say oh this is what it's manifesting to so he knows he's going to test for it and see if it appears if it doesn't he's going to tell the patient probably we need to repeat the test maybe one or two months down the line or this has to be a longer term test to see the truth about the matter but ai is going to play a nice role in guiding the physician towards the right direction looking at some of the history data history that was there which has gone into the system so predictive disease mapping with ecg and the other vitals coming in uh, will translate from physicians closely working with physicians to slowly going to home as well which will require a lot more uh, architecting such that it's not a panic driven scenario but a very ethical driven scenario which works with the system in generating better diagnosis for the patient give us a sense of uh, you know the the scale that is possible and also uh, how much more affordable uh, these services can become because you talked about now installing your products at the taluk level so what would it cost for somebody in a small town or even in a village uh, to get to this taluk center and get a an ecg and vitals checked you know with the padma products uh, say in a few years down the line versus uh, what it might cost someone today to go to a big hospital in the city so um, so one update there we are already doing at small hospitals today we have our devices deployed in uh, gonigoppa which is a small uh, village close to in kurg south kurg where the patients have come in because of covid and they have comorbidities and things like that we were able to do it at such a cost that the uh, the trust and the centers that are running it there are able to provide those services uh, free of cost with their grant support that they have so we're talking about reality today if the same patient were to come into a city the travel cost itself would be enough for him to get prohibitive and suffer with the disease at the small place because he knows he gets to a large town and gets to an icu he can't afford it even now the small hospital is able to put up patients and has links uh, all the way up to uh, us and things like that where experts are guiding them what to do with the patients and people are able to collaborate in these forms to provide healthcare so we're looking at absolutely low cost because where the, the rate at which we're selling uh, these devices for different levels uh makes it i don't think there's any device that can actually sell at the cost we do give all the features that it does so we beat the system by multiple forms and enabling low smaller hospitals to do their work where only the most serious patients will have to move so the big hospitals are also doing what they do right and the patient is really saving money and getting the right care if he's not serious enough to travel so the removal of anxiety of 
do i need to go to a city itself is a big step that itself is achieved when she put it in a taluk hospital a small hospital even it could be a private hospital doesn't even have to be a taluk hospital see when a patient is able to do it within his 2 or 3 km or 5 km travel just look at that visa is he having to get on to an ambulance and go or take a bus and go into a city we're talking about now not just the cost at the city looking at the whole anxiety of having to reach there and get it done he has to plan his stay somebody has to go with him and the smaller uh, entrepreneur hospitals are also able to now do the next level because the expert is coming remotely immediately as and when on call so new ecosystem new collaborations will happen how to manage patients so they'll have their hubs and spokes as they call it to start doing uh, monitoring and diagnostics of these patients so a patient simply paying 20 rupees 30 rupees or whatever it is can actually have a first level diagnosis itself with these devices so we put it in a phc around that same place even there the doctor was very keen to look at all of it he was a government doctor for many years retiring shortly but the thrill of having to being able to monitor a patient at a high le- high end like this and if required get a consultation remotely is a big boon to all these small places and it will happen at the same rupees that the patient already pays a small delta will add up that's about it because it's in these are games of volumes now they are not just that you, you 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 can actually practically run it on every patient there's no harm patient comes in you can actually put on the belt and say okay look think things are all good so you can do a delta rupee and even the most serious one now it's like insurance the small serious one is going to get it at nothing almost for you at uh... cardiac design labs uh, what are the next big steps so we'll be looking at now scaling of the solutions we're looking at partnerships for uh, these products to take into market so there are things uh, on the anvil and we're working really round the clock to uh, get things going so for us once uh, we start uh, scaling into india we will start taking these products internationally as well because we know there are many uh, quite a big size of markets out there that can actually benefit and uh, we get an opportunity to actually scale our business into those markets as well and india is a, a nice hub whenever i speak to people they expect products like this out of india now which is a welcoming change i think we are right around the corner and uh, in the place where we should be excellent interesting conversation and and a learning one for me as always sanan Thank you for making time for this. Sure, happy. My pleasure. Uh, it was nice catching up with you for after all these years. So good talking to you as well. That was Anand Madan Gopal. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts at forbesindia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakli. Thank you for listening.